Welcome to Launchpad, the unique radio show and podcast that celebrates new book releases and the authors that created them. Now, let's take off with your host, Grace Salmon. Welcome to Episode 5 of Launchpad. On behalf of Mary Helen Sheriff, the author, coach, marketer, and the bookish road trip, I'm so happy you're here. We are recording live, so if you are joining us live, please feel free to leave comments, leave your name in the comments, ask questions, and join in this amazing conversation. Tonight, we welcome four amazing authors who have debut books. There's lots of things that are in common with them. So help me welcome Gabby Coatsworth with her book, Love Journeys Home, Patricia Sands with we, The Secrets We Hide, Marilyn uh, Rothstein from Crazy to Leave You, and last but not least, MK or Mary Todd, The Admiral's Wife. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for being with us on Launchpad. And we have viewers who are saying hello and welcome to everybody. So thank you. Um, I can see that it's Bambi. Good evening, Bambi. Thanks so much for being with us. I'd like to start right away with Gabby Coatsworth and her new book. Gabby, tell us about it. So my book is a memoir, and um, it's the story. It's a sort of romantic memoir uh, of a very long love story that includes a long marriage, many ups and downs, and me almost deciding to give up on this marriage when my husband gets very sick, and I decide I'm going back to look after him. But what happened was that I never expected to fall in love with him again, and in a way. I found my way back to the love that I'd had in the beginning, which makes it um, kind of like a redemptive story. There's no moral in it, believe me, very few morals where I'm concerned. But, but um, it was something I needed to write, not thinking I was going to publish it. And then people told me that I should. And so I took a leap of faith, hoping they'd like the book, because if they didn't like the book, maybe they wouldn't like me. <laughs> so love's journey home and there's some family secrets in there aren't there there are some family secrets the, the main secret yeah actually you know it's interesting people call it a page turner even though they know what happens in the end so um a secret that's mentioned on the back cover is that my husband much though i didn't know it turned out to be an alcoholic and i had you know left britain come to america and so on and so forth to be with him. And so that was something that, and I had no idea and didn't know how to recognize it because he was not lying in a gutter with a bottle, which is what I thought alcoholics did, you know. Exactly. And Patricia Sands's new book, The Secrets We Hide, also has family secrets. Tell us about it, Patricia. It does, Grace. It has a lot of family secrets. And um, gosh, Gabby, I can't imagine writing a story like that that's true at least when i was writing this story i could make it all up and i think that must be a lot easier um certainly there were some challenges because my main uh, character my protagonist is a japanese man and uh, so that's a bit of a switch for me and uh, the story starts off really well in japan where when he's a child but he moves to honolulu when he's 10 and uh, then uh, goes off to Vietnam and has to return because his wife has very serious postpartum depression, which then evolves into more serious mental health issues. And uh, so the story is, 
it's interesting because it's how a man is coping with a lot of issues that in women's fiction is usually a woman who is uh, who is dealing with those kinds of situations. So it was interesting to write it from a male perspective. And I had a lot of research to do. And I had, had a lot of tremendously fine resources to uh, help me, including a Japanese friend in uh, Rochester who was just an amazing supplier of information about the culture and the behavior of Japanese men. And uh, uh, I couldn't have written it without her help. And it's really a departure from you for several things. First of all, we're in a different country. We're not in the south of France. <laughs> well, not in the beginning. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. We do get there. We do get there. You know, knowing me, it, 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 had to, it had to come into the story at some point. It just wouldn't have been right if it didn't. It's true. We have Susan Peterson with us. And people are saying, Gabby, they love your book. It is a page turner. And uh, Bambi wants to know, what drew you to write from that perspective, Patricia? Oh, Bambi, <laughs> that's a good question. And uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> Let's start. Patricia, hold that question and we will get back to it because yeah, I don't, I, I think it's a really important one, but let's move uh, and pop over to Mary Todd, who also has a book that takes place at least partially in Japan. Ooh, well, I'm just gonna correct you on that one. Uh, Grace, it's actually in Hong Kong. Oh, it's in so, Asia. Yes, it's, it's in Asia. Yes, absolutely. And um, so I'm uh, MK Todd. MK stands for Mary Kathleen. And that's so that I'm not confused with Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, just, just just to get the record straight <laughs> good, there. Good to know. Yeah. And a big thank you to Grace and to Mary Sheriff for organizing this. I'm delighted to be a part of it. So the, Ad the Admiral's Wife, if you can see it. Anyway, um, it's uh, my fifth novel. And um, it's about set in Hong Kong, and it's a dual timeline novel. So part of the novel takes place in 1912, 1913. Part of the novel takes place in 2016. So one of those back and forth. Um, and as you might imagine, uh, there are parallels between the two stories, and there is something quite scandalous connecting the two stories. Um, but I have to step back a little bit and tell you that it began as a contemporary story. And when I presented it to the publisher as a, con a contemporary story, they said, oh, no, 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 no. You should write a dual timeline novel. And I thought, well, that's easy for you to say. What do you, you know, how to, what am I going to do? Anyway, um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So I went uh, busily off designing a dual timeline novel. So I have two women, one who is British, that's in 1912. She comes to Hong Kong with her husband, Henry, who is the Admiral of the China fleet and hence the Admiral's wife. Uh, Henry's quite a controlling man. And uh, there's a lot of surprises waiting for um, Isabel in Hong Kong. In parallel, we have um, uh, Patricia Finley, who is Chinese American. She was taken to the States as a very young girl and has spent 40 years of, almost 40 years of her life in, in the States. So she wants to come to Hong Kong or no, she is being sort of told to come to Hong Kong by her father and mother uh, because she's losing, losing connection with her culture and her family and that sort of thing. So she and her husband uproot themselves and they come to Hong Kong. And the 
There's parallels between the two women. There's difficulties in their relationships. Um, there's family issues. Uh, there's a sense of purpose that's lacking for the women, a sense of figuring out what is home. And then all bound up in this is the whole notion of being an expat, which is what I went through for three years when my husband and I moved to Hong Kong. The which other, us, oh, I'm sorry, oh, which I'm going to pop us over to, because we, we spoke a little bit about um, dysfunction and challenges there. So I want to go to, and please, I hope this is a worthy crown, the queen of family dysfunction. Um, <laughs> in, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm so proud. Patricia agrees with us. There is nobody who does humor and family dysfunction as well as Marilyn Simon Rothstein. So please tell us about your book. Well, here's the book, Crazy to Leave You, which is my third book. My other two books are Lift and Separate. And the other book is Husbands and Other Sharp Objects. And um, I'm sure my daughters would be happy to hear that I am the queen of dysfunctional families because that explains a lot of what they're going to psychiatrists for, I guess. At least in novels. <laughs> I'm not talking about novels. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, my book is about a 41-year-old woman who's got it all. She's um, got a great job in advertising. She has her own place to live in. She has great friends. She has a family that's very close, but a little too near, if you know what I mean. Like they don't know when to back up. And her only, her only thing that she really wants now is to meet a guy, get married, have a family. And she does that. She meets a guy she made out with in camp when she was 13 years old. And they date for two years and he asks her to marry him. And then lo and behold, he leaves her at the altar. This puts her on the road to self-healing and self-acceptance. Along the way, her family and her friends are out there giving her the kind of advice we all don't want to hear. Her mother thinks she should freeze her eggs and stay on her diet, for example. <laughs> her sister, who didn't come to the wedding, shows up and lodges herself on the character's name is Lauren on Lauren's couch and won't go away. And um, there's plenty of family dysfunction. And I hope that people find it funny and can relate to it in their own families, things they've seen. Thanks for um, sharing each of your books. On the launch pad, I love to draw connections to the various books. And one thing that I felt was a theme, whether it's memoir, or historical fiction, dual timeline, there really was a sense of looking for healing, looking for personal growth. I wrote down a couple of uh, self-acceptance. Uh, Gabby, let's go back to you for that. Why was that such an important theme, that self-acceptance and that coming back and healing? Yeah, so after my husband died, and I had felt so like we were in love again, you know, we were completely absorbed in each other, wanted to be together, so on and so forth. And But afterwards, I started to second guess myself. And my question was, was I imagining that? Was it really love or was I just fooling myself and making a movie out of it or something? And so I, because I always do this, all my writing is trying to figure out something about me, even my novels. And so um, 
I started to write and it came out okay in the end. I finally came, but there were parts where I just went, I, I can't write this anymore. It's too painful. It's too awful. And my friend said to me, just keep writing as if no one's ever going to read it, which was why I was so anxious when it got published. But I will say, Mary, apropos of Hong Kong, that mm -hmm. I met my husband first in, in Copenhagen, actually, and then after didn't see him for five years and met him again in Hong Kong, the way you do. Um, and that was when we, and because by then I was working in Chicago on a temporary assignment that has seemed to have lasted over 40 years now. So... <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, nice to hear about Hong Kong, and it, and it was not a an English connection; it was um, a conference thing. So, but yeah, Patricia, in your book, you also have a character who is really wrestling with accepting his situation and self acceptance. So, would you talk about that? Sure, I'd love to, um, because it is a very large part of the story, and uh, and and Cato Tanaka the character, um, help, finds his help uh, in a large part through Buddhism. And uh, he eventually uh, starts going away on a Buddhist retreat once a year for a month. And this is something that allows him to uh, kind of, uh, you know, reflect and regenerate and come back to his home situation, uh, which is fraught with many challenges. Um, and deal with them in a very calm manner. I really admire the way he uh, he was able to think his his way through different situations. And and uh, now he also uh, he was an engineer and uh, you know worked for an engineering company, but he also owned a martial arts studio. So he had a lot of different outlets that enabled him to uh, to find a balance in his life to deal with the issues uh, that faced him with his, his wife's health and with his daughter's rebelliousness and um, everything that uh, life sort of threw at him. He, uh, he was able to find his peaceful place through Buddhism. You do such a nice job. I, I haven't read everybody's books, but I've read parts of everybody's book. But when you talk about him, I just, I know him, you know, I've read your full book and I like, of course, that's exactly what he's like. And he's very real to me. So thank you for highlighting him that way tonight. Mary, I cut you off a little bit earlier. So talk about those themes and how they run through your book and anything else you'd like to tell us about that. Are you talking about acceptance in particular, Grace, or just Well, in I general? think that idea of the self-acceptance and feeling worthy. Worthy. Yeah, that's a very interesting one. Because, you know, Isabel, who's the 1912 character, she goes as the wife of, you know, wives in 1912 in British Hong Kong, they had a certain spot that they were supposed to stay in. And that was a, that was a difficult task for her, both to... Um, understand what that meant and how might she actually break out of that role a little bit without, you know, it's always important in historical fiction not to make them sound too modern. So, you know, I was, I was trying to do that with her. And then my present day character is trying to accept herself in terms of who is she? Is she Chinese? Is she American? Where does she belong? And it's a very interesting challenge and i mean you know as authors we make this stuff up but it resonates also for ourselves you know 
Absolutely. And Gabby, you mentioned something that I actually want to pop back to Marilyn. Gabby, you mentioned chance encounters. And Marilyn, one of the things I really found wonderful in preparing for tonight was how you met your husband. How I met my real husband? Yes. That was, <laughs> not in the <laughs> that was quite the chance encounter. I met my husband in an elevator. <laughs> and we've been going down ever since. No, that was that was way too easy. I take that uh, back. Too easy. Too easy. Well, in your books, Marilyn, talk about that sense of finding self-acceptance and feeling worthy. Well, the character in my book, Lauren, has a million things going for her, but she's always felt second to her younger sister. And she's always been battered by her mother with comments about her body. Um, her mother's a size four and she shops in a store called Four, just to <laughs> emphasize the point. And um, Lauren has dieted down to a size 12, which is the smallest she's ever been for the wedding. And she's so happy about that. She's sort of thinking maybe instead of wearing the gown, I'll wear the size tag down the, down the aisle. <laughs> So she, in this thing that happens to her when she gets left at the altar, she has to reassess her life. What does she have? What is good in her life? Where is she going? What does she really want? And that's the whole story of the self-acceptance and healing herself. I could totally identify with, you know, that size 12, you know, I, I, I was born at eight pounds, six ounces. So that's always been in my weight's always been an issue. So I loved that you took that and wrapped that around your character as something that was important to talk about. There are so many other themes in there where, you know, what will we risk for love? That I think came through. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm Patricia, I'm going to start with you there because you have that dynamic at the one point where your main character has to make some decisions about how to love and who to love. What, so what would we risk for love? Well, that's very true. Uh, he does uh, face that uh, many years into his uh, marriage and his life. Uh, but he chooses not to risk anything. He's totally devoted to his marriage and his wife, even though it's not a conventional marriage. And even though they don't share the type of relationship that he would like to share. So he has an opportunity to um, become involved with someone else, but chooses only to become involved on a very, um, I, I don't want to say superficial, but not in, not a serious involvement. They are friends. Mm -hmm. They're friends. He finds someone that he can talk to. He can, you know, express his frustrations. But uh, as long as his wife is alive, he remains completely committed to his relationship with her. Who else might want to pop in on what we would risk for love and how that taps into your personal books that you've just released? I'll, I'll take a stab. Uh, yeah, if it's okay, I'll take a stab Please at that. Um, I would say in my novel, The Admiral's Wife, that Isabel is the one who risks uh, a lot for love. And without giving the story away too much, um, she becomes enamored with another man. 
Um, and of course, that's a pretty taboo situation in that particular period of time. And it's a risky situation um, because the man she come, becomes entangled with is Chinese and not British. And so she has to decide what would she risk for love. And she makes a particular decision. I will not give it away. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that's very real and, and the kind of thing that, you know, we faced in, in long ago times and the kind of thing that we may face today. And if I may just jump in and say too. here, uh, Mary, you, uh, you wrote that part so beautifully. I really, I mean, I loved your book, uh, but that particular part that you're referring to right now, I was so impressed with the way you you, know, uh, you wrote it. I, I can just thank you for that, uh, uh, Patricia, and say that there's a saying in uh, fiction writing, no tears for the author, no tears for the reader. And I find there's certain parts that I cry in every time, even though I've written it. Mm -hmm. That's delightful. Uh, Gabby, did you want to say anything on that topic of risking for love? Mm, well, yeah, yes, in a way, because I, I sort of, I kept falling into things in my life. I would say yes, where other people would say no. And I think that's a very American thing. I think every immigrant to America is different from the ones that stayed behind because they weren't quite brave enough to take that leap. And um, so it was sort of accidental, but my biggest risk was that if this didn't work out, um, would I have to stay here? Would I lose my British family and, uh, you know, my culture? And in a funny way, I sort of have, because now I'm a, a dinosaur English woman, <laughs> meaning I, I, my sisters don't speak like me anymore. Hmm. I speak like old school Brits, you know, and Jeremy Irons or something, but I don't um, speak modern English. And so my sense of identity is a little bit weird. That's really the thing I risked. But I, I am an American, actually, but nobody would ever describe me that way. So, um, right, there you have it. I risked my identity, I think, but I hung on to some part of it and writing the book helped me stick with it because I could see that being British was part of the thing that made me different and, you know, made, made understanding things in America different too. Well, thank you. We're joined by Barbara Conry, USA Today yep. bestseller, who just has a book out herself, Julie Valerie. And please, anybody who is watching us, uh, feel free to leave a comment or a question for any of our guests in the comments, and we'll be happy to get to them. Patricia, you so beautifully commented uh, and complimented Mary on writing a certain section. And Mary, I loved what you said, no tears for the author. What are some of the hardest things each of you have written in terms of this particular book or another book? Marilyn, let's start with you. Um, the hardest scene that I, I wrote in this was um, the scene when um, uh, Lauren realizes that her brother-in-law and her sister are not the pretty picture that she always imagined mm. and has to deal with that and um, become the um, person who has to listen to her sister instead of her sister listening to her problems. 
So um, that whole scene takes place at a family dinner. And there were a lot of people at the dinner. So each person emoting and speaking was really the hardest thing to write in the book. But also the most fun, because I also think it came out to be one of the funniest scenes. Is humor just something that comes natural to you, or do you have to work at that? I tickle myself. Oh, no, <laughs> well, Marilyn's not funny. No. <laughs> and oh. Gabby, I couldn't, cannot believe that you aren't from Brooklyn. <laughs> My secret is out. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Um, Gabby, what's hard for you to write? Uh, it was the emotions, you know, when I was writing and somebody said to me, you know, you've got to bleed on the page. And I said, I'm British. This is a stiff upper lip. I do not bleed. <laughs> and and yet the fact that I was resisting it so much was the reason why I had to do it. And and that was the right thing to do. And I still find that difficult, even in fiction, um, even, you know, because of course every character in fiction is a little has a little bit of me in there somewhere so um that's something where i need encouragement to do and pretend no one's ever going to read it so that, that helped a lot that's that's great advice mayor um i'm sorry patricia what about you what's really hard for you to write well in this particular book the hardest thing for me was uh writing um the uh the daughter's situation and the emotional hardships that she had to deal with through her mother's illness and the pain that Cato felt uh, as he watched his daughter and his wife have their disagreements. And then ultimately the decisions that the daughter made as she became a teenager, all of those things as a parent myself, were uh, those were really hard to write. And uh, Mary, as you were saying, you know, um, there were a lot of tears on the on the keyboard as yeah. i was uh, as i was writing those parts yeah, yeah. I, I felt them so so deeply and marilyn i want to say about that scene that you mentioned that was so shocking uh, i mean you know like i remember there was lots of lots to laugh about but initially that was such a like oh, you got to be kidding yeah mary we talked about you crying as you wrote but are those the hardest scenes for you to write or what's the hardest for you to write yeah, um, without referring to this particular book, because I think one of the hardest things to write in this particular book would reveal too much about the sort of ending, but I have written three books uh, set during World War One, and uh, those scenes are really hard to write. And often it's a male character and they're in the midst of war and horrible things are happening because it's um i've written three that have world war one sort of focus to them horrible things are happening and you know men are coping and men are horribly vulnerable as well and sometimes they don't get that recognition so there are scenes in that that if i read them to, even to myself i feel like i just start crying again you know anyway it's an emotional business writing that's for sure it is. And we've talked a little bit about memoir. We've also talked about characters. One thing that I'm wondering is, are even our novels part memoir? Marilyn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, don't, I don't think of, uh, novels are part memoir. In terms of my novels, I pick up characteristics of people. 
nobody is anybody. Um, and so in that case, no, but um, I do take things that have happened that seem funny to me and I dress them up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Patricia? Yeah, I would, oh, sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I would say definitely not so much in the secrets we hide, but uh, in my other novels that are set in the South of France, definitely there's a little <laughs> bit of me in there. Oh, wait, maybe a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and Patricia, yeah, I was going to say, and Patricia, your novel, The Bridge Club, definitely lots in there. Yeah. But in, um, in the case of The Admiral's Wife, what is real for me is that sense of dislocation in finding yourself in a totally different space. Um, and I, I hope I did justice to that in the story itself, because it's a very, very real feeling when you move to another country that's so different. Mm -hmm. And and Gabby, your is memoir, but you've also written fiction. So is fiction. Yes. Yeah, so and my, my first novel, which is coming out in April, is about a widow whose friends keep asking her when she's going to start dating again. So absolutely nothing to do with real life. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Well, I have to tell you, our time goes so quickly here at Launchpad. I want to thank each of you for um, being with us here on Launchpad. We will go back and answer comments later on. Let's go around the screen here, Marilyn. Tell everybody the name of your book one last time. Crazy to Leave You. Patricia Sands. The Secrets We Hide. Marilyn, Mary M.K. Dodd. <laughs> uh, the Admiral's Wife. I'm not very good at showing this. That's Thank you. absolutely fine. And last but not least, Gabby. Love's Journey Home. Thanks for being with us here on the Launchpad. Join us for another episode soon. Take care. Thank you, Grace. This episode is copyrighted by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you for visiting with us on Launchpad.